Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hello, Sunshine, and welcome to another special edition of the State of the Union podcast. I got a, another great guest here. They just keep coming along. New head coach for Inter-Miami, Phil Neville. Phil, welcome to the show. We're going to get right into it. How is preseason going with the team so far? And our preseason's been fantastic. Obviously, we, we, we've, we've had to cancel three or four games because of COVID issues, which is not ideal. You want to see your best players playing in the games. That's where you judge them. But in terms of the way I've been received and the players' attitudes, I think it, it couldn't have gone any better. And ultimately, you get to this point in the season now, or the, the point in preseason where you just want to stop training, you just want to play the games, you want to come to the real deal. We want to get to that LA Galaxy game now and, and, and let's get the game on. Who's impressed you so far? Give us some names that we should be looking for next week when you, like you said, kick off against uh, the LA Galaxy on Big ABC. Man, they're not they're not messing around with your uh, your first game, are they? <laughs> no, no, no. It's the deep end. No, I, I think I think when I look at the squad, when when you come in, I I knew about Gonzalo Higuain, I knew about Pizarro, you know, you know about Blaise Matuidi, but Nico Fagal, Leandro uh, Perez have been brilliant. You know that their, their consistency in training, they're both winners, they're both leaders. Victor Joa, Jay Chapman, these, these are players that I've learned so much about uh, over the last probably three to four weeks in terms of their attitudes, their determination. They all probably were suffering after last season, but, but they've been great, great leaders within there. Victor Joa is an outstanding leader. I know he's, he does a lot off the pitch as well, but on the pitch and, and in and around the club, he, he's outstanding. So I'm lucky I've got a brilliant set of players, but I'd say that the two defenders, you, you being a former defender as well, you know, Nico Figal is a tough South American defender and, and Leandro next to him complement each other really well. All right, so this is a work in progress, but give me a couple of things that you have... Uh, focused on in this preseason that you would like to see this team change? Either something that you saw from the past that they weren't doing well or just something you'd like to add? No, I, I think I think the biggest thing is two two really is, is ultimately the togetherness. You know, when I don't want the game to be stretched, I don't want people playing as individuals. I want us to play as a team. When when you come and watch us this year, I want you to think, well, they played as a team. They were fighting for each other. They were covering for each other. They were all in the real. They were all in positions defensively to help each other out and be organised. I think the organisation is really important to me in terms of defensive and attacking shape. So I think those are the things that really we've been concentrating really hard on. All right, you got a really unique uh, perspective. So let's let's get a little more bigger picture here. Uh, yes, uh, the men and the women play the same game. What are some of the differences, though, between coaching men and coaching women? You know, I, I think on the pitch there is there is very little difference in terms of the, the the training sessions that I give to Inter Miami is no different than the ones I give to the England women's team. I think I think ultimately. Uh, the biggest difference is, 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 is in the way that you probably physically prepare them, physically prepare and emotionally prepare them. Obviously, girls, boys and, boys and girls are different, you know, in terms of emotionally, psychologically, in terms of performance, physical performance I'm talking about. The thresholds that we ask sort of like the men to do, 
the, the, the women have different thresholds, different speed thresholds, different performance levels, different times when you can train them at a certain level to when you can't train them at a certain level. And that's, that's an understanding that people in the world, I think, are really ignorant towards. And you don't realize until you're actually in the women's game. You know, you think you go into the women's game and there's this, there's this sort of like caveat that just treat them the same, just give them the same. Well, actually, they're different. They need specialities. Women aren't men, men aren't women, and you need some you need some kind of differences within there. And that's something that I picked up on straight away. A fitness program for a, for, for a girl is different than a fitness program for a boy. You need to work at different uh, intensities sometimes, or you need to train them differently. And I think that's the biggest thing that I learned. And the biggest thing that I now think the world is still ignorant to a lot of things towards females in general, but particularly females in sport, in terms of how you work them, how you talk to them, how, and how you train them. What did your, your research, because I know you, you do research and you're going to make a move. It's not just a move to a, a new team. It's a new league. It's a new country and all that. So in your research, what did it tell you about the league that you are about to kick off in uh, next week? Do you know what? I was just talking to someone before that is that I've had about a thousand agents to call me every single day from Europe. And, and the perception in Europe is, is from people in Europe, I'd say football's agents, it's a, is a, I want my player to come to America. It's going to be easy for him out there. He'll settle quickly. The football's, the football's going to be easy for him. But what I always tell these people, because I, I used to come out here and watch David 15 years ago and see how difficult it was for the best players like David, like you said, is to play and compete in this league is really, really difficult. Forget, forget adding on the travel, the time differences, the climates in, in different states. So I think this is one of the... The, the the hardest leagues in the world to compete and be successful in. And that's that's my that was my attitude coming here as a manager is that you come here as a manager thinking, do you know what, this is going to be the hardest and biggest challenge of my career to be successful because not many foreign coaches are successful in this league. And it's no different than the players coming here. We you know we've got Blaise Matuidi here and you talk to him about the physicality of the league, the travel, the the climates, and it's really, really difficult. So you need to not cut any corners, you need to do your research and you need to be absolutely focused on that this will be the hardest thing that I've ever done. We talked a little bit about the difference between uh, the, the men's game and the women's game. Let's talk a little bit about generational differences. What, what do you think is the biggest difference between your generation or my generation and coaching them uh, as opposed to today's generation? I think the way you speak to them. I, 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 I always think that, that when we was probably playing, the manager was, was really up there. You respected him like you did, your headmaster, the police. Now I think, I think sort of like authority has become a little bit more level. The coach has become a little bit more level. The gap between the coach and the player is, is, is a lot closer. You have to have that personal connection. Players nowadays don't like you shouting at them, don't like you cursing them. They, I, think, I think they want to be told, well, why are you unhappy with me? What can I do different to be better? They want an explanation around that because ultimately in life now, there is, there is millions and millions of people with, with gadgets, with TVs, with, with, with social media that all have a reason why you are doing something really badly. So I think you have to make sure that there is a reason why you do everything because players nowadays, I think, demand that. But the relationship now with, I'm closer to my players now than what I was three or four years ago when I first started in coaching. And I think that's just modern day society now that's just just demanding that in your interview process for this job what was your pitch to David Beckham and the other ownership there as to why you are the right person for this job 
Do you know? Do you know? My, my, my best pitch, the pitch that I thought got me the job, was was the one where I said I don't want David involved in the interview process. That's the first thing I wanted because I, I I knew he knew about me. I knew he knew everything about me, my family, whatever. I wanted to interview. Uh, with, with the other ownership group, you know, the Jorge and Jose Mas. And, and that was the one that I think was, you know, w was probably the one that probably got me the job in the end because I wanted to make sure that they believed in me like David believed in me. And, and ultimately, the one thing that they asked of me, because I asked them a question in my interview process, what do you want? What do you want from me? And they just said, we want the team to have an identity. We want a culture in and around the club. They've invested millions and millions of pounds in this training facility, in this, in this team. And they wanted to walk into the training facility and see hard work, culture, good people. And, and those are the main values that I presented in my interviews. And, and obviously, there's a football philosophy, there's a system of play, but ultimately it's the culture in and around the place. They're a family, they're a family unit, the mass family. And they wanted to see that in their football club. I've been asking this of a bunch of people that I've been interviewing, and I'm, I'm interested in your response. You've been involved in media. Uh, you, you're from a family who have members that are involved in media. If you were to give advice to American soccer media out there, uh, myself and others out there in terms of how to do our job, what are some of the things that you would say? No, you know, I've, I've obviously worked for American channels and I know the, I know the absolute detail that you, you guys go into. I worked for NBC and, and, and what always amazed me was, was, was the amount of detail and, and, and it was the little things that were really important about the foot placement or the trajectory of the ball. And obviously now since I've obviously come here and I've, I've gone through all the protocols and processes of, a, of the league rules, I now, un I now understand probably the psychic of, of the American culture about the need for that detail. But obviously when I was back home and I was working for the American channels, that detail was probably taken for granted because of the hundreds and hundreds of years of education of football being on our television. So ultimately... What I would say about what I love, I obviously listen to yourself. Uh, Stuart Holden is, is someone that I, I love to listen to. I love the detail in which you go into. And, and I don't think you should ever stop doing that or, or be, be sidetracked to go the European way. Uh, I love the detail. I love, I love the coverage out here. Uh, and I'd say that you do things really, really well. That's the way to butter us up before the, before the first whistle. I need you. I, I need you this season. Uh, all right, a couple more, and I'll let you out of here. Um, Miami is famous for a lot of things, including the food. Have you had any good food so far? Do you know what? The, the, the best thing I've had so far is, is the owners. Our ownership are from Cuba. They give me a Cuban sandwich. It's the finest mm -hmm. thing I've ever seen. My wife is a cook, and she's from Ireland, and they love cooking. But that Cuban sandwich was, was the best thing I've ever had. All right, last question. Uh, what was your proudest moment from uh, the World Cup guiding, uh, guiding England back in 2019, if you could put your finger on it? The, 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 the proudest moment was stood on the touchline in the semifinal against you guys, the, uh, the, the, American, uh, the American girls, who, who, who are the best team in the world, who, who I love. And Jill Ellis is a close friend of mine. I was stood on the touchline. The, the whole stadium was full. There was 12 million people watching back in England. The, the messages of support from celebrities and royalty. And I thought to myself, when I got into that job, I thought my main aim was to take the women's game in England to a place that it had never been. We were really brave. We, we shouted from the rooftops about how good these players were. We, I said on my first day in the interview, we're going to win the World Cup. That's what we're going to do. And I stood on that touchline and I thought... Do you know what? Being that bullshit, that brave has worked. And, and, and when, my, when my girls, when my team went out there, 
did they perform? Yes, they performed, but they were beaten by the better team. That for me was the final. That was for me was the moment when I thought women's football is going to places it's never been. And, and, I'm, and I'm immensely proud. And my team, my team, the Lionesses are playing at this moment in time against France and I keep getting messages about them. I fell in love with women's football because until you've worked in the shoes of a female athlete, you don't truly understand the obstacles, the blocks, the challenges, the, the discrimination, the homophobia that, that, that they have to suffer. And, and that for me was my biggest and proudest moment that, that I, feel, I feel a part of that, 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 that group now. Well, look, I hope uh, there are some proud moments ahead uh, for you in ma a Major League Soccer as you kick off your career here with Inter-Miami. We look forward to seeing the team next week uh, in that first game. Best of luck uh, going forward, and hopefully at some point we can uh, hang out in person and have one of those Cuban sandwiches. I'd like that. T take care and see you soon. Good luck. All right, thank you.